Giving. It starts with you, our beloved customer, giving you the exact colors you're looking for in the products you love. High quality fold over elastic, hair ties, and other fashionable hair accessories. Out of our proceeds, we also donate to a featured organization who freely gives to others. Currently featured is Grace Sun Housing Foundation, who provides a home for pregnant and parenting teen moms. For more giving, join us socially for our weekly product giveaways at thisseasonscolors.com, providing this season's colors and next while giving back to those who freely give. Have you heard of SwankySwap.com? It's the latest and greatest way to swap earrings, rings, necklaces, and bracelets with people from around the world. It's simple. Send in your accessories, earn points, then use your points to purchase on SwankySwap.com. All swaps are even and everyone has access to obtain points in the same manner. Activate your membership today and start swapping. Go to SwankySwap.com. Support your life at the push of a button. To your success, wealth, health, and peace, Reiki-infused MP3 has Reiki-infused energy and healing frequencies within it. When you play it, you will hear one hour 
of ocean wave sounds, while energetically, this MP3 is encoded with divine frequencies that will continually evolve every time you play it. This uplifting MP3 is focused on supporting you for your highest potential. Created by Reiki Master Teacher Jolie K. May. Buy it now on sale for just $9.95 at ReikiEnergyNow.com.
Thank you so much for joining us today for This Needs to Be Said. We've already gotten started with the independent artist. That was Kat Orlando with Wednesday's Girl. And before that, Tayanis with Chocolate. So now we're getting ready for Miss Lois Powers as she's going to tell us what's been happening in the past couple of weeks uh, via poetry. So are you ready, Miss Powers? Yes, I am, Catherine, and good afternoon to you. Today, Today marks one year anniversary of Michael Brown's death. Ferguson, Ferguson is still full of protesting and unrest. Another black youth, critically wounded and now near death. Violence, violence is still on the rise. We continue to weep. We continue to cry. One year later in Ferguson, Police are still clashing with protesters and still on edge. One day, one day, maybe it will all come to a head when everyone is colorblind and can only see goodness instead of color, color, color. The next poem I have is Bobby Christina. Bobby Christina was laid to rest a week ago. I can now rest in peace. You buried my body, but you didn't bury my soul. I left planet Earth. I was only 22 years old. My mother left me at a very young age. I was angry. I was confused. Instead of turning to God, I turned to the wrong crowd and had fun instead. I didn't let my father guide me or be a part of my life. Grandma Sissy was too old and didn't want her ruining my young life. The path I chose was not a wise one. It led me into a life of alcohol and drugs. Now, instead of enjoying a rich, full life of peace and contentment, I lie beside my mother, who preceded me in death. At last, at last, I can now be at rest. No more beatings at the hands of folks that's supposed to love you. No more abusing of the body. My body is now experiencing sweet peace. What was once good turned into a nightmare. My body laid in the bed for six months. I was not there. Weeping, weeping in door for night. But God's joy, God's joy comes in the morning. The next one is dedicated to the policeman that killed the black man in the back. Open season. Put me on the honor roll. No one said I had to serve time. I killed the black man. Isn't that the role and the job I was supposed to do? Now I'm going to jail and serve time. Lord, let me be in prison with my own time. Lord, what am I going to do? If those black brothers know I took down a brother and killed him in his back, my life will become a living, a living hell. Lord, Lord, please give me one more chance, a chance to prove I'm not a racist or a bad cop, just a hot head who made a vehicle stop. Got carried away and did not pray that day. My life is now over. I have so many regrets. Help me, Lord, please forgive me. I'm now a murderer. We'll be serving time, along with people who will be probably enjoy kicking my behind. Open season. Open season. 
I didn't make the honor roll, but I made headline news a disgrace, a disgrace to my fellow officers and to the white race, too. Thank you. We'll see you next week. God bless. Thank you so much, Ms. Powers, and we'll see you next week, all right? Thank you. There will never be a point in your time in your life where it's the right time to do a great thing. If you're waiting for that perfect, perfect moment, that perfect timing, it's not going to happen. You know what you have to do? You have to create the perfect time and the perfect opportunity and the perfect situation. That a lot of people become comfortable. They stop growing, they stop wanting anything, they, they become satisfied. People getting ready to go to jobs that they don't like, jobs that are making them sick. You see, when you're not pursuing your goal, you are literally committing spiritual suicide. When you have some goal out here that you're stretching for and reaching for, that takes you out of your comfort zone, you'll find out some talents and abilities you have that you didn't know you have. When the messenger of misery visits you, what are you going to do? What will keep you in the game? There are things that you think you'll never need to know, that you may only need to know one time in your life, but that could save your life because you had that knowledge. Unless you attempt to do something beyond that which you've already mastered, you will never grow. What is it that you looked at at some point in time and you decided that you couldn't do it, that you talked yourself out of it? You're waiting on your next door neighbor to make it happen for you, it may not happen. If you're waiting on your mother or your father, they may be so ancient in their thinking that they don't understand this opportunity that you have. And if you're waiting on them, it may never get done. You don't beg average people to be phenomenal. You don't beg good people to be phenomenal. You just are phenomenal and you will attract phenomenal. What reason can you remember that you can call on, that you can reach on, that can make you get back up? Find that reason. If you're not where you are, if you're not where you want to be, if you don't have what you want, want to have, if you're not where you think you should be at this particular place, it has nothing to do with the system, but it has everything to do with the fact that you're not making the sacrifice. I want you to make that dream become a reality because if you don't, you will be working for somebody else to make their dreams become a reality. Everybody is against you or don't believe in you no more. And let me tell you something, that's a lonely feeling. It's a lonely feeling, particularly people that you're doing it for. Most people take their greatness, take their ideas to the graveyard with them. Listen to me, if it was easy, everybody would do it. There are people right now who are working who don't want to work. There are people who hate their jobs, but they keep getting up to do it. The wealthiest place on the planet is the graveyard. Because in the graveyard we will find inventions that we never ever were exposed to. Ideas, dreams that never became reality. Hopes and aspirations that were never acted upon. The question is what are you going to do with your time? What drives you? Greatness is a lot of small things done well. Day after day 
Workout after workout. Obedience after obedience. Day after day. When things don't work out for you, when things happen that you could not anticipate, what are the reasons that you can think of that can keep you strong? You will never ever be successful until you turn your pain into greatness, until you allow your pain to push you from where you are to push you to where you need to be. Stop running from your pain and embrace your pain. Your pain is going to be a part of your pride, a part of your product. I, I challenge you to push yourself. See, it's easy to be on the bottom. It doesn't take any effort to be a loser. It doesn't take any motivation, any drive in order to stay down there on a low level. But it calls on everything in you. You have to harness your will to say, I'm going to challenge myself. I mean that what you did last week don't count. Today, today is the only important day. There are 86,400 seconds in a day, and how you use those are critical. You got 86,400 today, and what you do today is going to see me who you are. Nobody's going to talk about what you did last week. that the biggest enemy you have to deal with is yourself. There's an old African proverb that says, if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do us no harm. You have this opportunity of a lifetime. It means absolutely nothing if you don't take advantage of it in the lifetime of this opportunity. I got a thing that when life knocks you down, try and land on your back because if you can look up, you can get up. If you want a thing bad enough to go out and fight for it, to work day and night for to give up your time, your peace, and your sleep for If all that you dream and scheme is about it, and life seems useless and worthless without it. See, it's time now. If you want to make this your decade, you've got to start saying yes to your life. You've got to start saying yes to your dreams, yes to your unfolding future, yes to your potential, as opposed to saying no. When you die, die on eat. Leave no dream left behind, God. Leave no opportunity left behind. When you leave this earth, accomplish every single thing you can accomplish. Listen to me. You're going to be here one day, but you'll never get here if you give up, if you give in, if you quit. And finally, guys, you got to want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. This is just a dry run. Here goes. The Savings Mart is your one-stop shop for just about everything. We carry many quality brand name products for seriously discounted prices. One of such great brands is the Medca brand, which you may now know because of the high quality of their products and by how much variety they have to offer. Medca has an extensive range of products, from health to household to toys. If you have a use for it, they make it. Search The Savings Mart on Google. support your life at the push of a button. To your success, wealth, health, and peace, Reiki-infused MP3 has Reiki-infused energy and healing frequencies within it. When you play it, you will hear one hour of ocean wave sounds, while energetically, this MP3 is encoded with divine frequencies that will continually evolve every time you play it. This uplifting MP3 is focused on supporting you for your highest potential. Created by Reiki Master Teacher Jolie K. May. Buy it now on sale for just $9.95 at 
ReikiEnergyNow.com. Batterizer is the world's first micro-thin sleeve that slips over your batteries and instantly extends their life by up to eight times. Most devices only tap a fraction of a battery's energy. Batterizer taps into the remaining energy that's usually thrown away. The Batterizer pre-sale has launched on Indiegogo. You can now order the reusable batterizers for your AAA, AA, C, and D batteries. Go to igg.me forward slash at forward slash b-a-t-t-e-r-i-s-e-r. Finally, a toy that supports parents, educators, and community organizations in promoting moral intelligence. Every day, millions of youth are involved with bullying, whether they are bullied, the witness of bullying, or even worse, the bully. For goodness sake, Toys introduces the Anti-Bully Buddy, the world's first toy to advocate for a child's emotional and social health, a child's personal champion for bullying awareness and prevention. Visit us at antibullybuddy.com or follow us on Facebook. Take the lead against bullying, support our youth, and get the Anti-Bully Buddy toy.
All right. I want to share with you all, with the This Needs to Be Said audience, I want to share with you all Coach Tawana Ross. And I, there's going to be some of this conversation that's definitely going to blow your mind. And when I say blow your mind, it's going to be one of those, did she say that? Can she say that? And that is what I thought of when I read her article uh, just recently, and we'll get into that discussion. A friend of mine posted an article that she had written, and it was a couple of things that drew me into it. I wanted to uh, understand what kind of content needs to go on LinkedIn and how often is someone writing this stuff and, you know, are people really reading it? And so the answer is, yes, people are really reading it, and you you got to definitely have something that grabs people's attention. And Coach Tawana definitely had that on this day that I encountered her article. And we met up again in a LinkedIn group, which was phenomenal. And we had the opportunity to work together just a little bit. And here we are doing this interview um, to talk about her, her business journey. And, you know, Tawana, I want to welcome you right now to This Needs to Be Said. And your first year in business is really what sparked and grabbed my attention. So welcome to This Needs to Be Said. Thank you so much. I'm excited to to have this opportunity and talk to you, especially because of, of how we came to know each other. So thank you. Social media works, right? Right, yep. Absolutely. And so, you know, you you mentioned LinkedIn and whether or not people are actually reading this content. And not only are people reading your content on LinkedIn, but they're also making judgments and perceptions about you based on what they see and or don't see on LinkedIn. And since I got a crash course in LinkedIn, I pretty much spend every day uh, talking to people about the impact and the power behind it because LinkedIn is one of those resources that will change your life if you learn how to use it strategically. Mm. And that's one of the things I have to raise my hand high that I've struggled with. I have a LinkedIn page. I've had somebody do some work on it and recently been in a group where I can look at it again because so many people are on other social media platforms that, you know, you wonder, where can I find my targeted audience? And I keep hearing that LinkedIn can help you really hone in on who you're looking for and find those people and find your ideal audience, your your ideal clients, but just didn't know how to do that. So um, I see on your LinkedIn profile that you are the LinkedIn professor. Before we get into your story, I want to know where did that um, title come from and is where and I see his trademark, so let's get into that. I'm nosy. <laughs> I am thrilled about that moniker because it came directly from a client. And I'm of the mindset constantly that it's, this business is not about what I want and it's not about what I want to do. It's about how I can serve the people who need my services. And mm-hmm. in this instance, it, it fills me with pride that someone else saw this in me. Someone else pointed out the fact that my my gift in this life is uh, I'm good at teaching people how to do things in a simple manner when something else is really complicated. So Mm -hmm. because it came directly from a client and a a very quick abbreviated story about this client, this is someone who came to me specifically for help finding another job. And this was early in my business, so I thought that I needed to take any client that came to me regardless of what their intent was. So I, I knew I wasn't really gifted 
in helping someone find a job. I was just gifted in uh, knowing some strategy with LinkedIn. But my mm-hmm. mindset is not around helping people be employed by someone else. So it was somewhat of a battle. Uh, long story short, this gentleman uh, ended up starting his own business as a result of what we did with him in his LinkedIn coaching. So wow. when he got finished with his program and he says, you know, Tawana, you're you're an amazing teacher, but you're not like, you know, it's not like high school. You're not a high school teacher. You know, this is like super AP, LinkedIn 501 kind of thing. So, hmm, you know, you're the LinkedIn professor. And when he said that, I felt it. I, I, I actually felt it, and I've been using it ever since. Well, I think, I think that you were right in doing so. And the, the article is One Year Down. I found it, and I wanted to share that with the audience. One Year Down. So when you find Tawana Ross on LinkedIn, she has an article called One Year Down. And in this article is where I met you, and I was like, I so feel this. Someone hears my pain. They understand. They get it. And what I took away from this is no matter how many years you have been in business, if you have not matured in some areas, you're still within that one year in business. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, wow, very powerful. And you say something in this article that uh, really floors me. And I'm going to put a a pin there because I want to back up and talk about how did you even get involved in LinkedIn? How did you get involved in coaching other people on LinkedIn? How did you get started with your own business, and what was that all about? <laughs> so uh, I actually had no intentions in life of ever owning my own business. It just was not something that I grew up uh, getting pounded into my head. In fact, the message that I heard was the same message that most of my current clients have heard if not told themselves, and that is, you go to school, you get a degree, you graduate, mm-hmm. you go work for company A for 30 years, you retire mm-hmm. and get your gold watch. Mm-hmm. And that's, that was the formula to success, so to speak. And because that was the formula that I heard on a regular basis from society as a whole, uh, that, was, that was the path that I was on. Therefore, I never thought about owning my business, but owning my own business. As a matter of fact, I actually told someone once, I wouldn't want to own my own business because I wouldn't want the weight of the responsibility on my shoulders knowing that someone else's livelihood is dependent on my decision. Like yeah. I literally said that once. Uh, so fast forward to answer your question. I decided uh, after being out on medical leave and the the medical leave in the first place was due to prolonged stress that I never recognized. I didn't recognize the symptoms as being stressed, so I never treated those symptoms. And because I never treated them, they, you know, they stayed with me. And before you know it, prolonged stress will bring you down to your knees. So there's just no way uh, that anyone can argue that. And for my situation, that prolonged stress led to being out on a medical leave. Now, a month into my medical leave, once I get all my results back and I've got this team of doctors telling me, you know, here's what we see, it became clear to me, and that's really when I learned that all of this is due directly to stress because one doctor in particular said, look, Tawana, you did this. 
this isn't DNA, this isn't a, a, a virus, this isn't a disease. Like, these are things that you did to yourself, and by not recognizing those symptoms, they have pretty much brought you to your knees. Now, when my doctor said that to me, he said, you need to go home, make a list of everything that stresses you out, and then eliminate those. And sure enough, I started to make a list, but there was only one item on the list. And I knew that meant I needed to do something drastic, and I slept on it. The very next morning, I woke up, and I looked around. I saw my environment, I felt something in my gut, and I said out loud, literally out loud, holy shit, I need to quit my job. Mm. And it was maybe 10 seconds later, maybe, when I thought to myself, okay, wait a second, I don't know how to look for a job. And again, going back to the messages that I was brought up on, I was always taught, you can't leave one job until something else is lined up. That's just not smart. You shouldn't do it. But I felt it in my gut. This is what I need to do. And quitting that job led to getting a crash course in LinkedIn, which led to me falling in love with LinkedIn, which led to me finding or not finding, but getting multiple job offers, which led to me actually taking another job offer. Mm -hmm. And when I took that job offer, uh, a month into using LinkedIn, or I'm sorry, about three months after my crash course in LinkedIn, uh, it became evident to me that I wanted to share what I learned about LinkedIn. So lo and behold, I had already scheduled uh, a, a workshop to go get certified as a coach. I didn't know what I was going to do with that, but I knew I, I signed up, so I'll be in a – I got that certification, and then a month later I decided, hmm, I'm going to start my own business. And the business was born simply because of LinkedIn, because once I left that job uh, that I had been in for many, many years, and I updated my profile and I said that I had left that job, my phone started ringing off the hook for weeks on end, just nonstop calls every single day. And every call was the same. It was, hey, I heard you left. I can't believe you left. How'd you get out? Help me get out. (laughs) Wow. How did you get out? Every single call. And and these are people from all over the country and every silo within corporate America because I had a very wide reach and a lot of visibility in in corporate America. So it uh, it dawned on my boyfriend who happened to be uh, over my house one night. It dawned on him look, I'm taking this same phone call over and over again. And he says to me, why don't you monetize that? That's how it all started. And I'll tell you, it's been the best year of my life. But when people ask me, what's the turning point? What are the things that happened that got you here? Every single bullet point that I can think about, every single thing that has happened to me in this last year is either indirectly or directly tied to LinkedIn. Wow. Well, that is a powerful, and I've been doing interviews for six years, so for that to be the main way that you've connected or grew your business, I I haven't had this interview. I've heard people touch on it. I've had people give some tips on it. 
but it wasn't limited to LinkedIn um, in such a laser-focused manner. So I think that in itself is a gift because as business owners, we can be all over the place very easily. Now, let's um, go up just a little bit to this article where I met you one year down, and you have a statement in this article that you say I call bullshit. So tell me where that comes from. I love it. It's definitely shocking. And when I read it, not that I don't curse, but I said, hmm, did she say that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So let's talk about where that comes from and where you're going with that. I I love that question because it gets me to the point where I get to talk about the components of your business as you build it. Now, in my background, I am a businesswoman. Business is what I've done pretty much my whole career, whether it was sales, management, or training. But Mm -hmm. at the core of all of that is my business acumen. And when I did start the business, one of the first lessons that I learned was the fact that this can't be about what I want. This can't be about uh, the way I want to mold this business and run with it regardless of what the public wants. And so as a result of that, I started this business under the umbrella of life coaching. So I'm a career and life coach. And that's what I was selling. No niche, just career and life coaching. And lo and behold, as I'm learning this process and day by day I, I get more, uh, it, it, it was very clear to me that not only did I need a niche market, I also needed to be able to fold everything into the business that I love. So these are things that I love talking about, things that I love doing, places I love going. And in this example, things that actually come out of my mouth on a regular basis. Now, anyone who was a student of mine in the last 15 years of me being a trainer, they will all tell you that if you didn't hear me say the word bullshit in a day, something was wrong. Because that's like, well, number one, it's my favorite word in the entire English language. But number two, Mm -hmm. people know me for that word. So when I started to fold into the business all of the bullet points of things that I love, that phrase, I call bullshit, had to be a part of it because I have literally been saying that for decades to people. And so Mm -hmm. uh, the, the component of what I say has to be a part of that. That makes this whole experience authentic and people are drawn to that. And, um, you know, there's, there's one other bullet point. If you met me in my corporate days, you would always see me in a suit, uh, heel, and very professional, very polished looking. But people who know me, people who are really close to me would tell you, I'm uncomfortable every time I put on that suit and those heels. Like that's not Mm. something I want to wear every day. So as part of my business and part of the brand, I actually stick to what I call a uniform And my uniform is a pair of jeans, some sort of musical-related T-shirt, a graphic tee of some sort, usually a Scott Hendricks or Bob Marley or something Mm -hmm. like that, but it's music-related. And when I meet people for the first time, if if I think that there will be other black women present with locks who have chocolate brown skin and they might look like me, I'll tell that person who's meeting me for the first time, look for me, I'll be the one in the blazer and chucks. 
because no matter what shirt and jeans I have on, I will always have on a blazer, and I will always wear my chucks. So that's the brand, blazers and chucks. Those are two things that I absolutely love that I folded into the business. And then you also see in that article that I will start to have destination retreats, and those retreats will be in Jamaica. Why are they in Jamaica? Because I love Jamaica. Now, I don't. I haven't gone to Jamaica in a few years now, but since it's somewhere I love to vacation, I thought, hmm, if we're folding everything into the business that we love doing, why don't we fold Jamaica into the business? Voila. Now we're going to start doing retreats in Jamaica every year. That way I get my work-life balance all in one fell swoop. Well, I'm looking through everything here, and I see that it's, laid out nicely because you have a podcast and a radio show and then the retreat, and it's all wrapped around this launching of I Call Bullshit, Remix Your Negative Self-Talk. We have just a couple of minutes left together here, and we're talking with Coach Tawana Ross, and the product that you've heard us say, you may think we're just talking, but we're not. It's a product that she's launching called I Call Bullshit, and it's to help you Dump your stinking thinking, but I'm going to let her close us out with more about that and how to connect with you outside of this needs to be said. I love that quote, change your stinking thinking. I love it. And, and and that's a great way to sum up what that show is about. I call bullshit, remix your ne- negative self-talk. When I talk to people every single day and I listen to the sentences that come out of their mouth, it's clear to me that the things they say to themselves are at the crux of their actions, the results in their actions. So if I were to put an equation together, it's the the things we, we say to ourselves become our thoughts, and our thoughts become our habits. Our habits are those actions that cause results to happen. So when people tell me they want different results, I tell them it starts then with the things that you say to yourself. And that means I need to help you reconstruct the sentences that come out of your mouth. Because as I tell people, if you're bold enough to tell me that you can't afford me, then you've told yourself that same sentence hundreds of times, and you have to stop saying that. Reconstruct that so that it's a more positive statement to yourself, and the net result somewhere down the line is we will all start saying nicer things to each other, and that's the goal. So that show airs on Tuesday evenings at 8 p.m., uh, Mountain Time on CosmicBroadcasting.com, and then people can find me, of course, on LinkedIn under Tawana Ross. And my website is GetOverYourselfCoaching.com, and you can also find me on Facebook under My Coach Tawana, and My Coach is all one word. All right. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being a part of This Needs to Be Said. And this was not nearly enough time, but just enough to whet our appetites for what you have in store for us. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. I'm Darren Marlar, and this is your daily dose of weird news. Prosecutors say a Philadelphia man robbed a New Jersey bank four months after he was released from prison for robbing the same place five years earlier. They claim that 54-year-old Keith Ney, he entered the Cape Bank in Atlantic City on April 23rd and gave a teller a note that said he had a gun. Ney had been released from prison last December and was still on supervised release. 
Well, you know, you know what they say. You find something you love to do, you find a way to make money at it. Well, this weekend in London, patrons at Alcoholic Architecture, they were served booze as a mist in the air. About 40 minutes standing around, it's said to be the equivalent of one fairly strong drink. So when you go in there, the only thing in your glass will be ice and cherries. A Peoria, Arizona couple discovered two worms inside the salmon they purchased from a grocery store. Worms? Yeah. Well, all right. Well, you know, how the heck do you, do you think those salmon were caught in the first place? Yeah, probably on worms. Appeals court judges have vacated five of the 18 corruptions convictions for former Illinois Governor Rod Blagojevich. That's not good news, people. This could ruin Blago's chances to get into the Illinois Politician Hall of Fame on the first ballot. A driving instructor in China lost his job after he was caught driving home drunk after a banquet thrown by his students. Sounds like he's just a non-traditional educator. I, I think maybe he's just using reverse psychology as a lesson. What do you think? Olympic athletes training in the waters of Rio are getting sick from the highly contaminated water that's being described as way beyond toxic and loaded with human feces. The good thing, though, is they don't have to worry about shark attacks. The sharks have no interest in opening their mouths in that water. 7-Eleven says they'll be testing a delivery service. The company announced the news recently, saying the new service is a partnership with Postmates, which also teamed up with Chipotle recently to offer delivery in some cities. This after announcements from Dunkin' Donuts, KFC, McDonald's, and others about home delivery testing. You know, I may never have to leave the house ever again. Now send me my cola-flavored Super Slurpee. That's your Daily Dose of Weird News. I'm Darren Marlar. You can get more weird news at DailyDoseOfWeirdNews.com, where you can find me on Spreaker, YouTube, and on iTunes, where you can subscribe, rate, and review the show. You can also join the free Facebook page for even more weird news stories every day. That's DailyDoseOfWeirdNews.com.
just here for a little while Long enough to hold your hand I'll to gaze into those eyes That seem to comprehend I know it's impossible But I Damian McCall, independent distributor for Herbalife, wants to help you gain more energy and feel great. He believes in the Herbalife system and wants to show you just how this simple system can help you reach your fitness goals. Herbalife will help you lose weight or gain muscle mass. Yes, you heard me right. You now have a choice with Herbalife. To begin reaching your fitness goals, connect with Damian McCall on Facebook at Simply Fit. That's S-Y-M-P-L-E-E-P-H-I-T. Tell him this needs to be said radio sent you. Royal Destiny Salon and Spa, where you are royalty. Specializing in children's hair, natural, weaved, and relaxed hair. Looking for a professional stylist who cares not only about how good hair looks, but also how healthy it feels? Then Royal Destiny Salon and Spa is the place for you. Royal Destiny Salon and Spa, located at 4936 Albemarle Road, Suite 14, Charlotte, North Carolina. Call today to schedule your appointment for a more beautiful you. 724-734-8043. That number again is 724-734-8043. 
The Savings Mart is your one-stop shop for just about everything. We carry many quality brand name products for seriously discounted prices. One of such great brands is the Medca brand, which you may now know because of the high quality of their products and by how much variety they have to offer. Medca has an extensive range of products, from health to household to toys. If you have a use for it, they make it. Search the Savings Mart on Google. Thank you so much for staying tuned to This Needs to Be Said. This part of the show is going to be about the elephants in your business. And if you'd like to ask a question or make a comment, always feel free to call in at 347-994-3320. If you're not following me on Facebook, Let's connect. I am your host, Catherine. This needs to be said, Waddell. And you can join the conversation out on my personal page or on the This Needs to Be Said fan page. Today's post on my personal page was about, uh, with the business tip of the day, was about how to become an overnight success. And I say it takes ten, five to ten years to become an overnight success. And that sounds a bit ironic, but it's the truth. When you look at any of the celebrities that you have now been drawn to and it seems like they came out of nowhere all of a sudden and you want to see them in everything and then you do see them in everything. They're in commercials and movies. They're um, brand, um, they're, they're doing brand recognition. Um, you see them using brands and now you want to use the products and services that they use. You may see them doing cameos and movies or now they may have lead roles. If you stop for a moment and go back and look at what were they doing before you discovered them coming out of nowhere. You look back and chances are you're going to find really close to 10 years of work that they've been putting in. And then you begin to realize, I've seen them in some stuff before. Oh, yeah, that was a really good film they were in. Oh, yeah, I remember they did that commercial. Oh, yeah, they were part of that series. Oh, okay, that's who that is. It seems like all of a sudden they're being pushed to the front or they're in the front. They just came out of nowhere. And then for those people who literally did become an overnight success, here today, guess what? They're gone tomorrow. So when you look at those things, you're saying, wow, this person, um, they, they put got behind her a whole lot, got behind him a whole lot, and all of a sudden you can't find them anywhere. So easy come, easy go. That's a very true thing. So when you're thinking about your business, you don't want to rush the growth of your business. You don't want to rush the growth of anything that needs to be nurtured. You want to learn along the journey. You want to find out along the way what works and what doesn't work. We're going to stop for a minute, take a short break, and come back because I want you to ask questions or make a comment about what you feel is an elephant in your business. And let's discuss it because I want to see you grow your business. Let's grow together, all right? Hello, this is Jerry Adams, Mr. Brown-Eyed Country Soul himself, and I rock with this needs to be said. Max Arsenal.
Thank you so much for staying tuned today for This Needs to Be Said. Talking Politics with Valerie Sun is coming up in just a little while, but right now we're talking about the elephant in your business. And I'm going over some of the business tips of the day that I have posted on Facebook. So if we're not connected, definitely connect with me, Catherine. This Needs to Be Said, Waddell. Listen, business tip of the day, have a business library of tools that can grow your craft. Just because you're good at it today does not mean you'll be relevant in that area um, a year from now, six months from now. So you want to keep books on your shelf that sharpen your blade in your industry so that you stay relevant. And sometimes you'll remain ahead of the others because some people want to just go off of natural talent. And I promise you, you can't go but so far off of natural talent. You're good until someone else is better. So keep putting yourself in a position to be the most knowledgeable uh, in your industry, whether it's having the right people around you or you being the right person around others to support uh, what's happening in your industry. Uh, You think that continuing education is only for hairstylists or nail technicians or even attorneys. It's not. It's for everyone who's in business. So if you're not a part of an association, if you're not networking with people who are in your industry, you need to do that. And you need to, and this leads me to another business tip that I posted, you need to connect with people who are in your industry who can become a mentor to you, not someone who's been in the business the same amount of time. They're your peers. You want someone who has more experience in your industry than you do. And sometimes just because they have more years does not mean they have more experience. So you want to be careful about that. You're going to silently interview people to be your mentors, to be the people that you're going to follow in their steps and take advice from. You're going to watch and see how they're consistent. You're going to see if they follow through. You're going to watch and see, do they have what it is that you're looking to emulate, okay? So finding industry leaders or industry mentors is going to be important to the success of your business. Um, Like I said, continuing to learn about your craft, uh, taking classes, and that can be online classes, that can be watching YouTube, that can go, you could, you know, go physically to some place and get a certificate, whatever it is, continue to grow your business. 
Now, let's think about sports for a second when we're thinking about growing your business. When we're looking out there, those guys are pros. They're good at, you know, football or hockey or soccer or golf or whatever it is they're playing. They're good at it. They're good. They they may have been a child prodigy. Well, they had coaches all along the way. They never became too good for a coach. So, again, don't depend just on your natural ability. That's great, but you want to grow. So you continue to practice those moves. You continue to practice those speeches. You continue to practice that golf swing. You continue to practice everything that you already do well so that you stay sharp in that area. Get a coach. Get a coach in your business. Yes, I do business coaching, but every coach is not for everyone. So you're going to interview. You're going to watch. You're going to see which coach works well for you. So you may have to try some. And I know you may say, Catherine, I don't have money to give away. Well, you won't know if a coach fits for you if you don't invest some money and some time. Sometimes you get a free session with coaches and sometimes you don't get free sessions and you have to invest a little money. Here's what I can say. You will spend more money not having a coach if you are not careful. And some people, you may feel like, oh, I don't need a coach. I'm good the way I am. Listen, the coach needs a coach. So I have a business coach. I have coaches for different parts of my life. You need a fitness coach, you know, a nutrition coach. You need someone in every part of your life that can help you grow that part of your life to the peak of its ability. Yes, you may outgrow a coach, and you need to get another coach that can take you to the the next level, but you always want someone in your corner who's thinking about your business and helping it to grow. Your friends eventually will bore of it. They'll go on with their things, but your coach is committed to your success. Listen, I want to hear from you about the elephants in your business. Let's see if we can talk you through some of those things, help you grow your business, help you move in the right direction in your business. It's going to be us partnering on the information to help you move forward in your business. I do not have all the answers, but I promise you that we'll put our heads together and we'll come up with a few solutions that can help you move in the right direction. The number is 347 347- Nine nine four three three two zero. I'd love to hear from you. And if you happen to be listening to this show uh, as a playback, you can always send an email. Let's talk at this needs to be said dot com. Say, Catherine, I heard you know the show when you were talking about the elephants in my business, and here's what I have on my mind. Send me an email, and I'll definitely share that on a future call. Minus your name, I will not say your name or your company name unless that's what you want me to do. But primarily, I'm focusing on the topic and being able to help you and help others to grow their business, and just to become more aware of what it is that you are offering in your business so that you are doing the best that you can. It's that simple. You want to do the best that you can, so I want to help you do that. So you can either email me or give me a call. Let's take a short break, and we'll come back and talk about some more elephants in your business. Damian McCall, independent distributor for Herbalife, wants to help you gain more energy and feel great. He believes in the Herbalife system and wants to show you just how this simple system can help you reach your fitness goals. Herbalife will help you lose weight or gain muscle mass. Yes, you heard me right. You now have a choice with Herbalife. To begin reaching your fitness goals, connect with Damian McCall on Facebook at Simply Fit. That's S-Y-M-P-L-E-E-P-H-I-T. Tell him this needs to be said radio sent you. Royal Destiny Salon and Spa, where you are royalty. 
specializing in children's hair, natural, weaved, and relaxed hair. Looking for a professional stylist who cares not only about how good hair looks, but also how healthy it feels? Then Royal Destiny Salon and Spa is the place for you. Royal Destiny Salon and Spa, located at 4936 Albemarle Road, Suite 14, Charlotte, North Carolina. Call today to schedule your appointment for a more beautiful you. 724-734-8043. That number again is 724-734-8043. I'm Darren Marlar, and this is your Daily Dose of Weird News. 103-year-old George Kirby and 91-year-old Doreen Lucky, who have been a couple for 27 years, got married recently, making them the world's oldest newly married couple. They finally broke down and got married because they were tired of their parents asking about it. A couple from Finland won the 20th edition of the World Wife Carrying Championships in Sweden, an event where men race around a track carrying a woman. Apparently, political correctness is not a big thing in Finland. 59% of poll respondents said wedding-related businesses with religious objections should be allowed to refuse service to gay and lesbian couples. The other 41% think it's super smart to eat food made by somebody you just finished bullying. Bubble wrap, the packaging material popular with shippers and toddlers alike, is losing its pop. Sealed Air Corporation is the original seller of bubble wrap. Now the 55-year-old company is rolling out a revamped version of its signature product. Dubbed iBubble Wrap, the new packaging is sold in flat plastic sheets that the shipper fills with air using a custom-made pump. The inflated bubbles look much like traditional bubble wrap with one key difference. They don't burst when pressure is applied. Well, then what's the point of bubble wrap if you can't pop it? A man in the UK called their version of 911, which is 999 recently, to report that his cat ate his bacon. When asked, what's your emergency, he responded, and my girlfriend has let the cat eat my bacon. Well, over the course of the 90-second call, the caller tells the operator that he wants to press charges against his girlfriend and the bacon-eating kitty. The operator explained, Sir, it's not a criminal offense to let your cat eat bacon, and we don't arrest cats. I mean, how would we get the handcuffs around their tiny paws? An Indiana man was arrested recently for trespassing after he licked a toad while dancing around the parking lot of JJ's Side Out Bar and Grill in the port after failing to show valid identification. See, this is exactly why, folks, you lick your toads at home. That's your Daily Dose of Weird News. I'm Darren Marlar. You can get more weird news at DailyDoseOfWeirdNews.com, where you can find me on Spreaker, YouTube, and on iTunes, where you can subscribe, rate, and review the show. You can also like the Facebook page for even more weird stories every day of the week. That's DailyDoseOfWeirdNews.com. This is Sorantos. When I need to hear what needs to be said, I tune into This Needs to Be Said.
keep the lights on, the water running, for you to take those extra smoke breaks. Somebody bought that glass and that security badge that you carry back and forth with you in and out of the building. So you want to make note of the things that you can visibly see that cost money as well as bring in money for the company. Don't just blindly go into starting your own business without thinking about all the things that's going to happen. Because as an entrepreneur, you're having to make money and take care of bills at the same time. Where the money's coming in or not, those bills still need to be taken care of. And not to scare you, but just to be patient with yourself. So you may say, oh, I saw this newsletter program and I want to use it and it's $100 a month when you don't need a $100 a month newsletter program. You may just need the free program that's available until you graduate to that. You may say that's where I eventually want to have my newsletters to be released from. So you'll grow to that. So in the beginning, you really want to look at your cost. And if you do have any friends that are business owners, ask them questions. Ask them how did they get started and what are some lessons that they learned along the way that they can pass on to you. And trust me, it's not going to be different for you that, oh, I got enough money or, you know, they had a downfall, it's not going to happen to me. It happens to every business owner. There are some things that work and there are some things that don't work all at the same time. And there's sometimes we spend money that we don't need to, even if it's we're being, you know, I'm going to do it my way or you just didn't know. So it's going to happen to all of us, maybe not in the same way, but you don't know what you don't know until you are, you know, in your business a little bit. Think about when you started your job. Someone had to train you. Someone had to coach you along. Someone gave you, you know, a period of time before they evaluated you to see if you could catch on or have you caught on enough for them to keep you and continue paying you. It's different when you start your own business. So you're kind of the coach and the trainer and the employee all at one time. And, you know, would you keep yourself if you had to do that 90-day evaluation or that six-month evaluation? Would you be writing yourself up um, for how you failed to perform, how you failed to meet the goals and the standards? Another thing to think about, who's marking, who's pacing you to say, hey, you're not hitting hitting, um, the mark right here. How do you reach this? How do you coach yourself to get up to that level, which goes back to what I was saying At the beginning of this conversation, you want to get a coach and you want to have a library of content that, and that's books, that can be online material, that can be physical books, that can be books on Kindle, that can be audio files, that can be attending a seminar, but you want to have a library of tools that will help you coach yourself to success in your business. Okay, we're going to wrap up our segment of There's an Elephant in My Business for today. I hope you got some great notes. If you did not get an opportunity to call in, please give send me over an email at letstalk at thisneedstobesaid.com. If you want to see more of the business tips of the day, connect with me on Facebook at Catherine This Needs to Be Said Waddell. We're going to get ready for our political talk with Valerie Sun in just a little while here, so stay tuned. And if you're wanting to hear more about the Trump show, let's see what Valerie Sun has to say about it. You know, you know I'm not eager to hear about it, but we're going to. Yacht dreams on a sunny day. Six rings like MJ. Winning.
I'm the owner, coach, star, and player. Your dreams and reality, they both not compare. Yeah, the finest fabrics that just pay the chain. No need us arguing over petty things. Look, we'll pull up and foreign horses on the jockey. Green light on gold, baby, who gon' stop me? Girl, rub me three times, I grant you wishes. Don't need no mistletoe to give you kisses. Flashing, I be like, damn girl, you blowing up. I so you skating on, no need them hating on you. Louis, I'm lacing on you, nothing is basic on you. Smile on your face, make me say, girl, you so beautiful. What I got in that safe, that's only for me and you know. much for staying tuned to This Needs to Be Said. We're getting ready for politics with Valerie Sun. Hey, I know it's been a while. What you got for us? Lots, I'm sure. Indeed, there is indeed an ad, and there's always something when um, there's any time away, because so many things always come to the boards and kind of play themselves out in politics. So many things are happening again. The years seem to fly by as we're here midway through August. Um, one of the key things we have is that Governor McQuarrie on last Thursday signed into law a bill keeping secret the drugs used in lethal injections of death row inmates, which have been a big uh, issue before, because that was one of the things where they weren't exactly sure 
what pain or what level of pain one was going through prior to being executed. Now, House Bill 774, uh, it also removed the requirement that physicians be present during injections. The provision is meant to eliminate one of the legal hurdles that currently block the death penalty here in North Carolina. Now, the ACLU, the National Organization of Conservatives, who questioned the death penalty, had asked the governor this week to veto the bill. But uh, Governor McCory also signed House Bill 562, a very controversial gun bill law that had been um, part of this, that had already came in and stripped out very important parts and made its way through legislation after it had been changed at least three times. They went back and made different uh, changes to it. Different things have been done by different uh, congressmen wanting to get, make the bill to be, I guess, one solid way, I guess, an easy way to scrap, but it has not gone through legislation. Now, goal is a provision that would have replaced the state's pistol permit system and allow lawmakers and their staff to carry concealed weapons in the legislature itself actually walk into the building with a gun. That was one of the things that was in there, and that provision now has been gone. So, again, there was a lot of haggling back and forth with House Bill 562, but it um, now is in a place to be passed. And Senate Bill 233 allowed for the automatic um, expunction of criminal records in cases of mistaken identity. So, basically, if you were arrested and charged and later found out that it was a mistaken identity, that is uh, automatically now going to be expunged from your record. The law in this state already allows for something to be expunged in cases of identity theft. This new law includes mistaken identity in the identification of a person who committed a crime or when a witness or a law enforcement officer has been given the wrong information about a suspect, subsequently leading to that person getting arrested, going through the whole process. So now if that happens automatically, it is now expunged from your record. Now, the bill came about after a false arrest of a man in Durham um, who mistakenly identified as a bank robbery suspect out in California. He had to go through a very lengthy process to have the arrest record sealed and then destroyed. Now, those bills were among 27 that Governor McCoy signed on Thursday. He issued a statement on the record of the expansion bill, but not on any other things that he signed. That's the only one he really kind of went into uh, detail about and discussed was that particular bill. But again, that was signed on. That certainly makes things a little easier for a lot of individuals here in North Carolina, especially when you're going back to the revenge that you're going to have perhaps with the new gun laws. Legislation that was aimed at diffusing tension between the government and General Assembly over actually who appointed members to an unemployment insurance appeals panel appeared to be on its way to approval. The House Rules Committee on Thursday approved what is called Senate Bill 15, which the Senate approved back in February and sent to the Finance Committee. At the issue of the Division of Employment Security Board of Review, which actually hears appeals from lower-level decisions on contested cases whenever there's some controversy. That's who actually hears it. The legislation created the board back in 2011, I believe it was. Last year, Governor Pat McCoy vetoed a bill that would have shortened and staggered the term of the three board members that had encroached on the executive branch's authority. Now, members of the House, Senate, and the governor's office have now come up with a bill that they can agree on. It retains the governor's authority to appoint the members with confirmation from the General Assembly. It would also confirm the current three members that we have. Although the Board of Review was created back in 2011, members weren't appointed until December of 2013. In the meantime, the high-ranking member of the Department of Commerce handled all those appeals prior to this. Now, the lawsuit challenged the authority of that process, which put into question the validity of an estimated 13,000 decision that would be an appeal in the year you had one person doing all of that. This bill would validate the decision made by the commerce official. Now, board members could serve no longer than two four-year terms. The bill would also affect the current board members. So again, you got three people on the board. Jeanette Doran's term would have expired in June 
on June 30th. She will continue now in the second of her four-year terms. Keith Holliday's term will have expired also on June 30th. Now, he is going to continue until July 1 of 2016, and then we'll see about the next four years. And Stanley Campbell's term will have expired in four years on 2017. So now we'll see exactly where that stands. But those currently are the three members of this board, which, again, is a very important board, but it's going to hear many of the appeals that are going to go through. And now you don't have the Congress having to deal with all of itself. So a very uh, important position held by those three individuals. House Democrats hope to wipe the Confederate flag battle of North Carolina's license plate this week, but now they're going to have to wait a little bit longer because, again, it's going back and forth exactly how they're going to do it. Democrats were reading the amendment for an unrelated plate bill that was headed to a vote, but the bill has now been set to the House Rules Committee. The plan is to combine a number of license plate bills into one major bill that deals with all the plate issues. Now, uh, Representative Larry Hall out of Durham, he's a Durham Democrat, he had drafted the amendment that would establish a review process for potentially offensive license plates, not just dealing with the Confederate flag, any offensive license plate. Kelly Alexander here from Mecklenburg County, one of our representatives, drafted another one that would stop the production of license plates with the Confederate emblem. So you have two separate issues going on. The two Democrats had intended to run their amendments in the House Finance Committee last week, but there was uh, paperwork and everything was not submitted within the 24 hours that was allocated for that. So as a result, it had to go back kind of not really to the beginning, but you had to kind of start back with your process. Now, Democrats are expected to try on the floor this week until the bill is sent to the committee. Now, the amendment, again, will provide a design approval process to screen and potentially any offensive symbol. It's written in a way that complies with the recent Supreme Court decision in Texas that decided that the state didn't violate the First Amendment by not allowing specialty license plates with the Confederate battle flag. In order to exercise more control over these designs, including the special registration plates, an application for the establishment of a special plate must include a proposed design for that plate, and it may be rejected by the DMV if the design is deemed offensive to any member of the public or if the use of the fund derived for the sale of the plate might violate a statute or constitutional provision. In addition, the amendment says that the DMV may review any active special license plates and may cancel any if the design might be offensive to any member of the public, which, again, gets kind of funny because what's offensive to somebody may not be to others. So now you're going to be very limited in what you're going to be able to put on your plate because you can easily say this offends someone. You can't have that on there. That's offensive to people. Governor McCory called on lawmakers to pass the law that stops future production of the specialty plate issue to members of the Sons of Confederate Veterans, considered a civic club under the law that grants plates to various groups. Senator Leader Phil Berger has said McCory should act on his own. So, again, a very uh, interesting situation there with getting license plates, especially plates that many people here throughout North Carolina have. And get in. Now you're to the point where if someone is offended by it, you're going to have to actually go through a lot more paperwork and a much longer process in getting your specialized plates uh, in the future. Um, basically, she made a comment. Um, she being former um, North Carolina Health and Human Secretary, Adonna Walsh, she resigned on Wednesday, saying it was simply time to go home. Becoming the second member of Governor McCoy's cabinet to step down in uh, about a week and a half, I think, was when Mr. Jeff about a week and a half. McCoy said um, Rick Barger, he's named Rick Barger, I'm sorry, as the former medical technology executive, he is now the new chief of the Department of Health and Human Services. Um, she said it's been a long two years and seven months, again, talking about uh, former Secretary uh, Donna Walsh. She told reporters in a news conference on last week that she simply wanted to spend more time with her college-age children as well as her ailing mother. The 14th of August will be her last day working. 
Mr. Bard will take over that following Monday. So actually, it's this week coming up. Now, this was to take heat from lawmakers and the public for the Medicaid cost overruns and glitches with new systems and the process of Medicaid claims to enroll people in the public assistance programs. But Governor McCrory credited her with streamlining a health care delivery system that has been rife with problems for many years. Now, the, the two of them, as they stood up, her as well as the governor, they played up the fact that the state's Medicaid program ended the year with a $130 million surplus, an achievement for an agency that was once known largely for needing money and from lawmakers at the end of each physical year just in order to make ends meet. And now they're saying they have a $130 million surplus. Now, her departure, complete with advance notice, a news conference, awards presentation, was a lot different than what we really recognized a few weeks ago when Transportation Secretary Tony Tyler basically just announced he was leaving. And when he made the announcement, he had already cleaned out his office and already notified those close to him that he was leaving. There certainly was no fanfare, any hoopla, but he left. He simply was here one day, going the next. The Department of Health and Human Services has actually had issues going on for quite a while. So they're looking to now bring more stability to it, not just by her stepping down, but now you're bringing in someone to perhaps come in and do a different view of exactly how it works. Now, the interesting thing about it, when Ms. Wolves came into um, office, she actually came into the McCord administration. She came in with a vast array of experience as a medical doctor as well as a public service um, experience as a U.S. ambassador. Mr. Barr, who's 54 years old, comes in with an MBA from Stanford and has been the chief executive of a Denver-based ProNerve and Raleigh-based Liposcience project in the past few years. So it's even in changes of exactly how that goes, but it is dealing with the health and human services here in North Carolina. Uh, big news, I guess, out of Cary. That Kerry now is the new police chief. The deputy chief was named on last week, and he is now the top cop, as you call it, in Kerry. And that is Mr. Tony Gabbard. He was selected for more than 75 applicants to replace police chief Pat Baysmore, who retired last month after, my understanding, close to 30 years as a service as the police chief, which is very rare today. Mr. Gabbard, who was 48, joined the police force back in 1990 as a patrol officer who worked his way through the ranks, serving in leadership positions and carries emergency, emergency response team, the field operation and criminal investigation division. And he also served as a major force for the service bureau, the operations bureau, and he became chief deputy back in 2014. So, again, kudos to Mr. Godwin, Mr. Tony Goodwin, who is now the police chief of Cary. Now, I guess the big news of the week or the thing that should have drawn most people's attention was we had our first debate. The Republican debate took place on Thursday night that uh, actually was Pretty interesting to watch. I certainly can say by watching the debate, there were several interesting things that took place that I saw and heard, and it wasn't the worst thing I've seen on TV. I guess you put it that way. Now, the few of the Republican presidential candidates all had to kind of get back to work on Friday, hoping to build momentum off the first meeting of the uh, 2016 campaign, and I guess kind of clean up any debate night mess or just kind of get back to persuading voters what their actual goals are because, again, you're kind of limited in the time that you have for the debate, especially with that many candidates there and you're kind of stuck with a question-and-answer session. Now they kind of go back out to the field and do what they do best. Uh, Jeb Bush was among the rivals scrambling for notice in the campaign. And, I mean, honestly, it's been dominated really by, by Donald Trump. Donald Trump um, came out and just kind of does what he does, made several different statements, but he certainly has been the, the, the attention getter for this. Now, Mr. Bush downplayed the importance of Trump's performance, which drew a mixture of cheers and jeers uh, from the Debate again, which took about an hour and a half, if you watch it all. But the former governor of Florida said he had fun that night, and he talked to the New Hampshire crowd, which I think they've been giving me different rates. It was about 300 to 400 people that were actually sitting in the audience. 
And he spoke about the uh, Georgia he had and having a debate, and he looked forward to future debates. Now, Mr. Bush bounced back on the campaign trail Friday, and again, it was kind of an open-ended question form that he went out and talked to individuals in that area. And again, he spoke about not being the easiest thing to do, having a debate, because you don't get a whole lot of time to really say anything. Now, the billionaire, businessman Trump, being what he is, showed no signs of letting up uh, for anything of the other 16 major Republicans in the race. Uh, he showed no, no emphasis or no uh, expression about whether to concede anything after this one debate. The contest for public nomination is an unsettled affair, and he said it's just getting started. Louisiana Governor Bobby Jindal talked about uh, at a red state gathering of conservatives down in Atlanta, where many of these Republican candidates are now. They said the voters would decide who the nominee is, they would decide who the president is, and he didn't want to get into a bunch of who said what and who didn't say what, and he basically says we're going to leave it up to the voters. Well, Thursday night debate wasn't just the most watched program in the history of Fox News Channel. It drew more than twice as many views as the previous record setter, which was back in the 2012 election night. So this is the highest rated show that's been on Fox News Channel was the debate. And again, I don't think there's any doubt that the reason for the record rating was Mr. Trump. Uh, on CNN late Friday, he actually spoke about it. And he said if he wasn't in the event, they probably would have only drawn maybe two to three million viewers max. So he certainly knows his value in the uh, race. But not all the attention on Trump was there. Uh, again, Mr. Bush said on Friday, he criticized and lobbied uh, by Democrats. He shows the candidate they fear the most. Well, Mr. Bush was thinking about the general election. Many of his contenders, again, headed out to Atlanta for the red state to work on showing up their support among the party base. You had former Texas Governor Rick Perry. He noted that he had been relegated to the pre-debate debate for seven candidates who failed to qualify for the main event. He said he was up the night prior to that, really late, going over everything that he needed to go over prior to, and I guess the sharp and honed his skills going into the debate, which he certainly is no stranger to, having debated last time that he ran for president back in 2012. Um, Mr. Perry campaigned as if one of his party's top contenders, declaring that his 14 years of governor in Texas proved him to be worthy of a promotion to president. You had New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, along with former Hewlett Packard CEO and the only female running on the Republican side, Carly Fiora, as well as Florida Senator Marco Rubio. They also spoke on Friday, statement that um, they were going to propose different issues and different things that were not, again, discussed during the debate. They wanted to have an opportunity to bring out. Mr. Bush would be down there on Saturday, along with Texas Senator Ted Cruz, former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee, and Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker. So, again, it seems to get more and more excited each and every time we get the candidates together. The time of the list now is up to 17, just on the Republican side. And, again, Mr. Trump seems to be the uh, overwhelming leader out of the gate. And it appears that because many people, I guess, kind of love him or hate him, you listen to what Mr. Trump has to say, and you, many people seem to have a, a view of him. And, again, one of the things that many people have spoken to me personally told me about Mr. Trump is that he doesn't mind saying what's on his mind, which I think many politicians very rarely do because they're worried about losing constituents, losing votes, offending people, but Mr. Trump seems to offend someone almost daily. So that's one of the things that many people seem to like. It. He doesn't seem to bite his tongue and he says what's on his mind. Now, marking the 50th anniversary of the voting rights act, President Obama remembered that many African-American men and women across the South who won their rights through persistence and courage. And the urged citizens today to not give up that hard-earned power of the ballot. He said Americans owe a great debt to the thousands of the many men and women who or unnamed, who were courageous enough to walk up and try to register time and time again, being denied their right to vote. He spoke about sharecroppers, maids, and many ordinary folks who had not been for them awakening the consciousness of the nation 
the president could not have mustered the political support that was required to ultimately get this law passed again 50 years ago. He appeared, Mr. Obama, appearing at a White House event alongside uh, Representative John Lewis out of Georgia, who was among the civil rights protesters who actually marched with Dr. King in Selma, Alabama in 1965. News broadcasts showing police beating protesters, especially live coverage of the bloody Sunday attack at the Evan Pettus Bridge, stirred outrage that, of course, led to President Lyndon Johnson pushing for the Voting Rights Act to go through Congress again back in 1965. Now, President Obama also talked about an abstract at least has been um, eroded for voter ID laws. He said that that's been one of the things that's really kind of changed, circumvented some of the things that have already been accomplished. Bans on voting by felons and other measures that fall hardest on minorities, the poor, students, and the elderly were the ones he said that were affected most by some of the changes in the laws. He called on Congress to revise and strengthen the Voting Rights Act in response to a Supreme Court decision that struck down a major provision of the law as outdated. The president said it's not voter suppression efforts that are primarily to blame for keeping Americans away from the polls. He said the fact of the matter is that far more people disenfranchise themselves than any law could ever do by not participating or by not getting involved, and I couldn't agree more. Um, there's never been a statement I read that I agree with more. Huge chunks of citizens give away their power, he stated, simply because they don't go and vote. And he actually went as far as to declare September 22nd as National Voter Registration Day calling for a sweeping effort to get everyone who is unregistered registered. So, again, September 22nd has got to be something that um, I, along with some other people, have got to get involved in with residents as many people as possible. Because that has now been a day, again, declared by President Obama as National Voter Registration Day in an effort to get as many people as possible out to vote, or registered to vote, first of all. Then you have to get them on path to going out and voting. Here locally, Jeremy Stevenson in a lease to show lead the early fundraising for the Charlotte McLeod School Board race. But it's really small compared to what you're going to hear and see about the marriage race. Now, Stevens is a first-time candidate, reported about $14,000 donation and $20,000 loan from his wife on the first financial report which was due out on last week. Uh, Mr. Shaw, making her second try, has raised about $12,000 and loaned her campaign 3000 according to her report. Now, in the marriage race, which is more highly contested, and you have more, I guess, big names, Jennifer Roberts has raised more than $300,000 in her bid for mayor, and at least four other candidates have reported raising over $100,000, again, in a report that came out last week. But the mayor's candidates face off in the set primary, which everyone here knows is a very important day. Roberts has been campaigning since 2014, so she has kind of an upper hand on everyone else that's running because she announced so far ahead in advance that she was going to run. Now, school board fundraising is just getting started because we're going to have a November 3rd nonpartisan election for school board. So it's not only is it later, but it's a little behind what's happening with the marriage race. Now, at-large candidates have to cover not only Charlotte, but the six suburban towns that are around it. But school board races traditionally rely more on personal appearance and endorsements than they do big budgets because the school board just honestly isn't going to attract the attention that the high offices will. Now, the important thing to remember that we have three school board seats in the upper election. There are nine candidates running for these seats, and each term serves out four years. In addition to the two individuals I just mentioned, it's important to note we have uh, Amelia Stetson Wesley running. We have Erica Ellis Stewart. We have board chair, current board chair, Mary McCray. We have Angela Ambrosi, Larry Bumgardner, Lavesta Flowers, and Janine Bryant. Those are the nine individuals that are running for those three at-large seats. And it's very important to know already who they are and to certainly have clear information on what's taking place with these individuals, what their goals are, and what they're seeking to do 
for the ones that are currently on the school board as well as those looking to replace those school board members. So, again, you can't be informed enough and get enough information about that when you go in and see, like, again, who's running and what they're running for. A new report suggests increasing the number of college graduates in South Carolina by boosting financial aid for lower- and middle-class students and offering rebates for graduates in high-demand fields and raising state funding to schools that hold down tuition. So imagine going into a certain field, getting your degree, and actually basically being reimbursed for what you've done. The report released on Tuesday by a group of state political business and academic leaders aims to drive more cooperation among state universities as well as getting businesses involved in improving higher education, including addressing the high cost of going to college. This is coming from former governor of South Carolina, Jim Hodges, who is helping spearhead this effort. He basically said, we've got to step up our game. We have to get more people through college. He basically lambasted the state for the number, of, low number of college graduates that has been produced. Now, in this report, the developed by a coalition of competing through knowledge. It's based on the University of South Carolina study. They found the state will have a shortage of over 100,000 workers with two-year degrees or four-year degrees through 2030, the year 2030. His recommendation was also based on a survey of registered voters' opinions by college and months of discussions among coalition leaders. Now, again, competing through knowledge, hopes legislation and college leaders will use this report as a blueprint to determine funding for schools statewide rather than just individual universities, specific suggestions, and does not include a cost estimate for its proposal. But certainly giving more state money to colleges will kind of clash with other legislative priorities, including fixing roads and improving K-12 education, which has now been required under a Supreme Court ruling. But again, their goals were simply to increase state funding to schools and hold down tuition, creating more collaboration and partnership between colleges and businesses, giving performance incentives to colleges, encouraging more online courses and degrees, and graduating more students in the healthcare, math, technology, engineering, and science fields. Certainly by doing that, you would enhance um, the education as a whole because many of these people would then go back into the school system and benefit there. And one thing I do want to get in is the major proposal by our presidential candidate, Hillary Clinton, former first lady, we know now, of course, by listening to the show, that she is now the leading uh, Democratic candidate. But she has a new reform called the New College Compact, and it was unveiled last week for a $350 billion plan aimed at making college more affordable and reducing the crushing burden of student debt, which I know all about. At a town hall meeting in New Hampshire, a state with the highest average student debt in the country, which is New Hampshire, Clinton has proposed the steps to reduce the cost of four-year public schools, make two-year community college tuition-free, and cut student loan rates according to many of her campaign aides. That was her ultimate goal. Now, the college affordability plan is a main platform for her policy platform. It's an effort to address the major financial stress for many American families and satisfy central demand of the Democratic Party's liberal wing. The proposal centers on a $200 billion federal initiative that's going to Aim, it will be its primary goal is aimed at encouraging states to expand their investment in higher education and cut student costs. States that guarantee no loan tuition for four-year public schools and free tuition at community colleges will be able to receive federal funds. So just imagine going to a no-loan four-year institution. That's something I never thought would be around. And, of course, they're looking to make community colleges absolutely free. Now, Ms. Clinton is not quite go as far as some of the liberal politicians and party activists who made debt-free college the early litmus test for the presidential primary field. And uh, in May, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, who of course is running against Ms. Clinton, released his own plan that would eliminate tuition fees for public universities. The $70 billion annual proposal would be funded by imposing a tax 
on transactions by hedge funds, investment houses, and Wall Street firms. So imagine being able to go to a four-year university, absolutely free. For our military veterans, low-income students, and those who complete a national service program, uh, one would be like a miracle. They would uh, go to school for free under Ms. Clinton's plan. Others would incur costs for their schooling and living expenses at four-year public institutions, translate to basically debt-free tuition. But um, Ms. Clinton has been advised that going into the plan, each student's circumstance was based on what institution they're actually going to go to. But many students and families would still be expected to make a realistic contribution to the school they're going to. Those currently repaying loans will be able to refinance their outstanding debt at a much lower rate. I changed Clinton aides have already said would save an average of $2,000 for 25 million borrowers over the life of the loan, an amount that would just equal to about $17 a month over a 10-year repayment period. So, again, a very significant step being taken, uh, at least potentially, by Ms. Clinton as far as reducing the debt and loan situation for colleges. And, again, the emphasis is being put on that by several candidates. You're going to hear that in several debates because that is something now that's going to kind of get you over the hump. Certainly, if you were someone who's deciding which way you're going to vote, many people are looking certainly to the future of their children, going into college in a situation where they won't be in debt and the child won't be paying back student loans when they're in their 30s and 40s, something that you will be able to eliminate under these similar plans you have going on. So I think it is certainly a great thing to hear that initiative being taken place, and again, not only by Ms. Clinton, but by Mr. Sanders and other people that are putting out those proposals. And finally, one thing, I guess not on a humorous note, but certainly one thing that's very interesting. Congresswoman Jackie Spears out of San Francisco and 24 other uh, original co-sponsors introduced a bipartisan UP, USPS Shipping Equality Act, is what it's called. This bill would end the prohibition era ban on U.S. postal shipping of alcoholic beverages, including beer, wine, steel spirits, and other alcoholic drinks to consumers via mail. So apparently, I think most people know if they don't, you cannot, UPS can't come deliver a 12-pack of beer to your house, or they can't come deliver any kind of wire or liquor to your house, even though they do it to businesses. Well, under this right now, they're saying they're still going back to old prohibition laws. They think it's ridiculous that UPS, FedEx, and other companies are allowed to bring spirits, wine, and beer to consumers, of course, like restaurants and bars, and they can't bring it to individual homes. Now, current laws ban U.S. postal services from shipping beer, wine, and distilled spirits to consumers, even though the market for direct shipping is booming. The ban puts UP, USPS at a competitive disadvantage against companies like FedEx and UPS, limiting shipping options for manufacturers and customers. Now, the bipartisan USPS Shipping Equality Act would allow USPS to ship alcoholic beverages directly from licensed producers to retailers to consumers, of course, over the age of 21. According to the Postal Service, the bill would open up an additional and much-needed source of revenue for the postal system. They're looking at an additional maybe $5 million per year. The bill was endorsed by the Steel Spirits Council of the United States, the Kentucky Distillers Association, Wine America, and the American Postal Workers Union. So this is something that perhaps in the immediate future, you will now be able to order and select uh, and have your mail carrier come and bring you whatever spirits or, or wine or whatever enhancements you feel you may need that way can now be delivered to your door. So that certainly would be a great change in what's taking place now. So those are some of the things that have happened here lately. In the week of politics, was again, it's never a uh, dull week, never a downtime. It's something that you can always be informed of. And the easiest way of doing so is, as I say, each week by simply watching the 6 o'clock news, 5 o'clock news, whatever is your favorite news, you're going to see almost invariably the first five minutes is going to be something political that is taking place. And, again, you'll be more keenly aware of it simply by doing that. Listen to them. 
radio shows, most shows I hear now, morning, afternoon, wherever be the case, there's going to be a political segment where they're going to come in and discuss some of the things that are taking place politically. And, of course, as many of you do, reading the newspaper, reading on the computer, you, again, are going to see something on almost every front page now that's going to be dealing with politics. And the more you see in here, of course, the more you become informed. The greatest assets you can have is simply by reading and being informed and knowing everything that's taking place. So then when it only comes time to vote, but just in general, you know many things that are taking place, and you are aware of many of the new laws and these things that we don't discuss here. But, again, I discussed in print media. Um, the app that everyone should have on their phone now, the one that I go to the most, is this needs to be said. And going to that app is going to allow you to hear not only this show, but you're going to be able to hear the many, many other shows that call across these airways throughout the week to cover a vast array of things. And it's something I spend a lot of time doing. So it's always great to have the this needs to be said app to start on your phone. The easiest way to contact me, which many people have, is by going on Facebook. Once you're on Facebook, you're going to see Valerie's son, P-A-L-E-R-I-E. Once you go to Valerie's son, there's going to be a link to talking politics. And on that link, you're going to see different articles. You're going to see different comments. You're going to see things that have been posted by me as well as questions from people in general. So it gives you an opportunity to kind of be uh, politically astute at least for a moment because you're going to know kind of up to date what things are taking place. So those are the easiest ways to uh, stay informed. And, of course, each and every week by listening to the information that we try to bring to you uh, as it relates to what's happening in politics. All right. Thank you so much, Valerie Son, for getting us up to speed. I know we had a couple of weeks there to cover, but thank you so much, and we'll see you back here on next Monday for more politics with you, all right? All right, absolutely. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've gained something from what has been shared. Special thanks to the creators of the TNTBS jingle. It was written by Lamont Champ Josie and composed by Robert Jenkins. Thank you to everyone who supports us by downloading the phone app at thisneedstobesaid.com, by commenting on the TNTBS talk show fan page on Facebook, by retweeting us on Twitter at TNTBS, by also sharing this show with your friends. Thank you for logging in through your computer, as well as calling in to listen on the phone lines. Now go out and tell more people about this great show. If you thought the show sucked, tell them anyway. Bad news travels fast is what I'm told. Either way, tell them to tune in each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're always looking for new guest commentators, awesome topics, and most of all, we want your opinion. Visit us at www.thisneedstobesaid.com. We'd love to hear from you. There's an elephant in the room. You were thinking it, so we're going to talk about it. Until we meet again in the same place at the same time, have a super day.